My mission is to reduce 1% obesity rate in Malaysia. Please support us by liking and following our channel and don't forget to share this content with your friends and your family. How do you take a leap of faith in a career? From an engineer to Malaysian national powerlifting captain. Welcome to our 17th episode of Chem Is One Podcast channel. In this channel, I invite credible, experienced and successful individuals in their respective field. Please welcome Akmal. What's up Akmal, welcome. Um, it's an honor. For you, no, it's an honor for me to be here. I mean, like knowing like the rest of the panels that you've had invited before, yeah. you're like, wow. We have to invite Akmal, the man behind one of the best uh, powerlifting comp organized in Malaysia, I would say. I wouldn't say the best. One of the best. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's an okay. It, it gets the stuff moving, it gets the, the wheels rolling and stuff like that. So that's that's all that matters. Like you don't want to kill the sport, you want to like grow the sport. So I hope like I'm a part of that. Yeah. So just now before we start this recording, uh, we discussed a few things about future of powerlifting. Maybe later Akma gonna share with you. But before that, Akma, walk us through your career journey and how did you end up as a Strength Academy founder? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this whole thing like is it, it used to be just a dream kind of. But powerlifting wasn't part of it. So I know for a fact that when I was like 16, mm-hmm. when I first started like lifting, I sort of like talked to my friends and you know, like you and your friends, your gym bros be like, you know, it would be cool if like one day in the future, mm-hmm. we all like open a gym together or something like that, right? Little I know that actually about 10 years later, mm-hmm. I would actually open up my own gym. So uh, like, like what like uh, Coach Cam said just now is... I was a, not to say I was an engineer, but I studied engineering okay. and I did graduate with it, but I didn't have a full-time job with it. Uh, I only did my internship and then that's when I realized that it, this, this is not it for me. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> the whole part of like, this is not it for me is because like I, I realized like, again, I'm pretty sure you can relate, but let's say in the US, right? Whenever you go to, whenever you make your resume or like your CV or whatever, they want to see that you're a balanced person. Mm. They want to see that you have a life in the classroom, you have a life inside your workplace, Mm. but you also have a life outside of your workplace. So that's why I sort of like, okay, you know, I have my powerlifting stuff in there, my rugby stuff in there, Mm. and my other like sports stuff in there. But when I came back to Malaysia, I realized they don't want it there. They don't want to ever see that you have things outside of your workplace. Right. So that was my fault. And I saw also like, I just put it there. And I, I guess like one of the interviews that I went, mm. it's like, that was, I, I literally saw when I, when I give them the resume, first thing this one lady did was circle that part of the spot. And you know, Malaysia uses CV, they don't use the resume. Right. So it could be up to like two, three pages. Right. And the thing was on the third page at the very bottom. And she just circled the whole thing. And when other panels were like asking questions that are, uh, how to say, that, that relates to the, the job that I'm inter- interviewing for, she keeps on like bringing up the whole like sports part, like my whole active life. Okay. And, and to the point that she asked. Uh, Why do you think? Why do you think she asked that? Well, I just assumed that she was just sort of like interested and just trying to see like what, uh, where am I going to go with it? Okay. But I know her true intention when she finally asked that question of mm. like, what if you just cannot do your sports anymore mm. because of work? Mm. And that's that was the only question that I sort of like got taken aback and I had to take a breather before I actually answer it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized I see, like I was sort of like right all along where uh, they don't want to see it. They don't, they don't want to have someone who have like a balanced life that might interfere with the actual work or like the actual job. So that's when I realized, okay, you know, this, this is, and this was backed up because of my internship was also in Malaysia and it was in an engineering firm. And I realized that a lot of like the the seniors there, they are not active. And also at the same time, because of the workplace and stuff, like they sort of like have a way to make you like kind of tired and to them, it's sort of like an unspoken vow that mm-hmm. if you're an engineer, Saturday and Sunday are also not your day. Mm-hmm. It's like your work day as well. After work, it's also your work day. Of course, you're not getting paid for it. But the fact that the seniors are the one that is, they are telling me that it's just an unspoken rule, 
means that like it's it that that's already like screwed up right right straight off the bat like having if you have a fresh grad knowing that like even your seniors accepted the fact that Saturday and Sundays or like evenings are not your time yeah what does that mean man so Very true yeah so that's why I was like okay you know that 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 starts to like make me like lose my interest in engineering more and more and more and more okay and then uh that's when I realized okay I've, I'm starting to like lose my passion towards something and then that's wait, when wait, when you say lose your passion as in into engineering or to engine I, I still have passion towards engineering okay but I don't have passion towards being in an office okay. in Malaysia right right, right. so uh, going back to the point of like how did I ended up like opening my own gym okay so you know then I thought about it again back in 2021 or oh, wait sorry before 2020 2020 okay or before I before COVID. First, sorry, sorry, 2018. Sorry, that's when I first started like my powerlifting journey. Yeah. So I started my powerlifting journey because I got into a slightly like toxic relationship, but also in I lose a little bit of focus for school, which is my engineering degree in Colorado, okay. Right. So powerlifting with it. So this story is when you when I was in the US. Okay. So because of that, I started powerlifting. Okay. And in that way. Powerlifting changed my life like three, I would I would really say it's three sixty, because I went from like not knowing what to do, not just in the gym but also like in life kind of, mm. like from someone who just like, I I'm just gonna get through my degree and then work and then just be the rest be like same as everyone else to someone who's like, oh okay no there is a purpose and I need to like go on with that purpose so to me my defense was, powerlifting gave me a purpose. And then when I came back to Malaysia, I see a lot of powerlifters are losing their purpose as well. And I kind of like want them to sort of like reignite them. And I feel like there's not that much facility in Malaysia that can cater towards that. Mm. Uh, of course, this was saying that I think about the same time Zilfit closed down. Closed down to public. Yes. As in like they, they do have sales and all that, but then they close down. And that's where I usually train for my summer breaks. Uh, and Aspire also started to only allow PT, PTs yeah. and they drive sort of like drive people out with like the race and stuff like that so I started going to uh, hopping around gyms like Savage Gears and stuff like that uh-huh. and I just realized things are still not the same as how it was in the US community not the same equipment not necessarily the same and the vibe are not necessarily the same it's like yes, you get you get you get a crowded gym and stuff, but like, I don't feel powerlifting ish. That mm. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel like I can do can, much. Can you describe like for those who are not doing powerlifting? When you say don't feel powerlifting ish, mm. what kind of vibe is that? What kind of vibe? It's like it's like it's like it's like a powerlifting vibe is like something that you're like you're just like it's training. Mm. It's stressful. But you're having fun with it. Okay. Right. So it's like, it's like that that smile out of like every set that you got, that uh, feeling of like, okay, I got my, my training today was good. Uh, and it's not because of the people and stuff like that, but it's because of like your own training style. And then like the fact that like when you are training, you are just solely training. You don't necessarily need like, you know how people are like, oh, put your headphones on, get in the zone and stuff like that. If you are in a good community, if you are in a good like space, mm. you don't have to do all of that. Yeah. You could just already be in the zone, but because everyone else is in the same zone. Right. Right. Everyone else is in the same focus, mental zone, or and things like that. So that's why when you go to like commercial gyms or like hopping around gyms, right? It's very hard to be in that zone when there's so many other zones. There are people who are just trying to get the workout done. There are just people who are just like like they don't know what they're doing. There are people who are just like there for like social media, mm-hmm. and maybe you and your friends are doing that for like powerlifting, which is nice. Right. But it's still a little bit like distracting, mm-hmm. kind of, and it just doesn't build up the point that like, oh, I can't wait to come back here tomorrow to like smash my workouts again. Okay. So something like that. So that's that's what I meant by like not having like powerlifting ish, or let's say. Let's say you know this, right? If let's say you 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 are training for like a squat session or something, mm. and then out of like a heavy squat session, at the end of the day, you're gonna get people who just like fist bump you yeah. or like 
oh that was that was good or just people just watching you right. but not watching you because you're like this weird ass kid yeah. who's like trying to lift as much weight right. but watching you in terms of like damn like <laughs> I, w- I want to do that or like I want to be like that I wish I can be something like that yes. so that's the that's the vibe that we're looking for mm-hmm. where it's more of like okay we gotta be in this and this like I try my best to have developed this kind of feeling in SA mm-hmm. like Australian Academy and sort of like and, but, but of course it's not my effort it's everyone else's effort because mm-hmm. me myself like there's no way I can achieve that the only way that a gym can achieve that is if the members and the community are the one that's like creating it. So that's why uh, like I can say this because it's true. The fact that most people who go to other gym on their daily basis, if they are on prep, mm. they will at least spend one day of the week in SA, especially on their hardest days. Because that's when they get like the most focus. That's when they get the most support. Mm-hmm. And the fact that People know that, so let's say I tell you like, uh, okay, I'm like I'm 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 like I kind of need you this Saturday because I'm trying to go for like a, a heavy yeah. set or something. People who are not training would just like still shows up because we have a place for them to like hang, for them to like eat, and plenty of like area for them to just like sit down and stuff like that. And they know for a fact, even if let's say you showed up for one person, mm-hmm. you're gonna see your other friends, and you're just gonna like spend like a few times there. So. That's when, like, that's that's when, like, the the whole community and then like, the whole like synergies are like coming place. Where, okay. when when and then the the thing is when whenever there's like a big lift coming, people will turn on the volume of like there's the speaker like so loud, turn on the lights and stuff like that, and everyone else will sort of like stop. They will make way for that lift, they will cheer for that lift, and then after that things just sort of like go back running on its own again. Right. So that that's the, that's the part that I feel like a lot of like these kids or like not even kids like people who are just like there to really have that vibe, they will they will come in and do that. Yeah. But of course, this this kind of like uh, vibe is like it differs day to day, mm-hmm. but at least it's there and it gives you sort of like almost the same vibe as like a meat vibe uh, in a gym. Yeah. So that's the the thing that I'm trying to have because same thing in the US, you know, when you're lifting. Even though you are not like telling your friends I'm going at these hours, there are some other people who you don't know, mm. but those people are also like lifting hard and stuff like that. And they, you know, you see like you and I, we might not know each other, but because I know you did powerlifting or like let's say I, I, I respect you as another lifter, in the gym we don't have to speak anything, but if let's say you needed my help or something like that, like just like you know, you're there. Yeah. Sense of belonging. Okay. Yeah. So what I sense here um, because you refocus from you know toxic relationship mm. and you use powerlifting as uh, a sports yeah to refocus yourself and you know that feeling gives um, a sense of dopamine effect yeah. you feel happy so you want to share that feeling yes with Malaysians, Malaysians yes. The, the community lah. now from here how do you so you use um, your powerlifting gym uh, to translate that feeling yeah. to your community. Okay. I believe people that can understand are those who are competitive or people that gone through the same thing as you. Meaning, um, probably they feel they have no, no sense of belonging. They don't know what to do. They just need to go to the gym for don't know why. Mm-hmm. So your place would be a good place. How do you trans? How do you share this? With general public, general public. Okay, I understand because I'm a competitor yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for people that powerlifting looks good, but why should I go to your place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the part that uh, I'll say is that it actually that's the, that's our hardest part right now. It's because looking aesthetic wise, we're not like the the best looking gym, as in in a way that like uh, because I I wanted the gym to be something that's like. You know, it's it's not like okay. Let's say let's say Babel, right? Mm-hmm. It's a nice place to go. It's a boutique gym. It's a boutique gym. It's a yeah. nice place to go. But would you would it give you the vibe of like? Of course. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be like, I'm just here to just enjoy the 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 gym. But like, I need it to be in a place where you can like you you want to go as hard as you can. You want to focus as much as you can. 
with very less distraction. Right. So that's why the gym is not that, that super like aesthetic-ish. Uh, why should people go to the gym? So that is also, again, this, this sounds so wrong and so not good in a way uh, of a sales point. Okay. Is if you, is your, if, if it's your first time going to the gym, which usually people come because social media, right. Uh, YouTube, like I think, like uh, so, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, one of my one of our members have a YouTube channel. So, and most of the kids nowadays have like TikToks and stuff like that, right? So, uh, these people who come to the gym for the first time, me and my other friends, we always ask them the same question: mm. like, are you aware that it's uh, it's a powerlifting gym? And then their answer will always be yes, because the first thing that they will refer to is uh, our Google. Mm. Like Google reviews and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and second of all, we will say things like, okay, before you do your payment, before you do your day payment, mm. or even your membership payment, because we do have some people who suddenly comes in, comes in and they're like, oh, I want to do like monthly memberships here. Okay. Of course, you should be like grateful and also like happy about it because like uh, you get a new member. But for us, it's more of like, if you don't feel that the gym is fitting for you, uh. then we don't want to force you. Right. So it's a, again, it goes back to our like previous conversation where I say I don't like to sugarcoat my clients. Mm. So it's the same. I don't like to sugarcoat my members. Okay. So if let's say they come, we will always say, give the gym a try. Like walk around the gym first. Mm. Uh, see if it suits you. See if it fits you. If you want to train here, then you can train first. And then like at the end of the day, if you train here, then you pay your walk in afterwards. But if let's say you walk around, you you chill for like five minutes, and then you just feel like you're not vibing with the gym, mm. then like, uh, I'm so sorry on that part. Because at the end of the day, like any words coming out of the mouth could be positive, but also negative, mm. you know? So like, I would rather not necessarily have a negative uh, issue. So like, let's say, it's better that someone walk out of the gym five minutes later mm. without having that much thought right. versus someone who showed, who left the gym two hours later mm. only to have bad thoughts of the gym. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So that's why how how do we generate like general public to go to the gym itself? We're not doing a, a great job at it, okay. right? Because again, it's all about like being honest to them. Okay, right? I want I want to add on that. Uh, um, how I can relate to your answer? I'm very certain many people out there, male or female, you go to a gym, then as you work out, you feel like oh my god, I feel is my is my back at the right place. As in like, um, is somebody going to hack uh, my locker? Like, you don't feel safe. Or as you work out, you feel like someone's looking at you or probably recording you like, oh, I think that guy is looking at me. Yeah. You know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. So you don't feel good yeah. being at that kind of place. Yeah, You know, that's one of the reasons why people join Boutique Gym because they pay premium. And usually at premium place, like, tak banyak orang. You know, mm -hmm. and you feel safer at that kind of place. There are reasons. But the other people also, they have a very limited budget, four ringgit, five ringgit, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they join the gym, they always complain like, I hate this place, this place, this dirty, this place, this, that, that, that. So what Akmal is trying to point out, he's so genuine, before a member becomes a member, he tells you in advance, get the feeling. Yeah. Experience first. Do you like the place or not? If you like, then yes, be part of our community. Yeah. If yeah. you don't like, it's fine. We clearly understand. Yeah. Yeah. For how? It's like it's like we're not trying to drive you up, but we're just like, like you know, like if if it's like, if it doesn't fit you, then it doesn't fit you. Yeah. You know? So, but like your your question, like whatever you brought up just now, yeah, was actually a part of the planning as well. Mm. Where, uh, so some of the members that were at, that are at SA actually, mm. they didn't want to go to the other gym and this includes boutique gym as well. Right, right. Uh, because they had been perverted on, mm. right? Especially the girls. Right. And there are guys also. Right now, I believe there are one or two guys that are in the gym mm. that they didn't want to go to commercial gyms because they were harassed in commercial gyms as well. Yeah. And like, I, I wouldn't say that like, uh, SA doesn't have the mm. uh, non-straight people, but we do have. It's just that like, everyone respect each other and sort of like this, this, that's just it right and because from the first set of like when I opened the gym mm -hmm. I already said that okay for the girls or even for the guys if you don't feel comfortable with anyone that are in the same place mm -hmm. you have to let me know mm -hmm. because like it's not something that you should keep it 
and it's, it's the gym should be like the the most safest place. So uh, to the point that like let's say let's say because girls they sometimes wear sports bras, right? Mm. So uh, I know it sounded like a bit weird, but sometimes when let's say I know that like or let's say some members when they see a new people come in and then they're like they feel like something's like sketchy about this guy mm. or this girl. They will actually like start warning the other members and be like, "Oh, might want to like look out for this guy a little bit because like, we don't know who he is, we don't know how he is, stuff like that." So that's that's the community that we have basically like a community that's trying to protect each other mm-hmm. and trying to keep it in in the loop. Uh, and that the 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 whole part of like the safety of like your items and stuff like that. So here's the funny part. Okay, SA doesn't have lockers. Okay. Yes, SA doesn't have lockers. So when the first the first thing when new people come in, they're like, where do we put our bags? Okay. Our answers are the same. You can put it anywhere you want, as long as it doesn't obstruct people's way, and doesn't cause any like harm. That's it. Mm. Uh, so because of that, like okay, again, like uh, I'm not telling this so that people can come to my gym and steal stuff, but like, let's say in the dining table, right? right. We have this this space that of course we sort of like downsize it, but Maybe eight to twelve people can sit on that spot, and then they could just eat lunch, or whatever. Sometimes you're just gonna see like all the keys, like car keys, wallets, and all that are up there, but they're like completely safe right. because, like, it's a, it's a community thing. Mm. Like we we haven't have any stealing cases yet. Uh, overnight, people just like when uh, people come in, and then they just like, oh, can I leave my bag here because you know politics has a lot of gears, yeah. Right? Now we just have like one rack at the back that is just an open rack. You like okay, you just find a spot that you can put there as long as it's not on the floor. It's there, and then they just like okay. without asking about the safety. They just okay. So, um, you remind me of the gym that I went uh, back in Australia, mm. the hottest gym. I used to work, work there, work out there. There's no such thing as locker. Yeah, you know everybody just put their keys everywhere. Yes, they have camera. But I think it's a culture there. Even I left my wallet some the library and I don't know where someone just called me. Yeah. It's very trustworthy. Yeah. La. Is it practical here in Malaysia? I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh Kalavita Tinga, your phone the Kadalan taxi, probably gone through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like to me, I've experienced firsthand in Australia three times, wallet and phone. They contacted me back, say you left your wallet in mm. your phone. So anyway. Uh Regards to the safety of your gym, okay, I think it's because the trust between the community, lah, and yeah. trust between the community. Okay, uh, my second question. That was only the first question. Oh, yes. Sorry, man. Okay, the second question. What is your main aim investing into the powerlifting gym? Is it just is it the community? Is it getting the vibe? Is it okay? So that part, right? <clears throat> like you're not like you know, powerlifting gyms are not like the best way to like. Become well, uh, make a living. Yeah, right. Make a living. Okay, you uh, can make money. You can make money. Yeah, but you you wouldn't be like super well off with like those people who have boutique gyms or like studios and stuff like that. So that goes to that was this two identity of me trying to speak to each other when we first like started. Yeah. Because again, uh, SA it doesn't have any other shareholders. Yeah. Uh, it's just solely me. Yeah. And the first year it was just run by me. So so all decision makings were made by me. So even if I consulted my, my family and so that, they all would just at the end of the day be like, what do you think is the right thing? Mm. And of course, as an engineer, you have all the data and stuff like that. So you just have to like do that. Uh, so yes, of course, to if I wanna if I wanna be rich or whatever, I would definitely be opening a studio. And mm. uh a spin a, regardless of spin class or like uh, what do you call, like a boxing class or whatever but then it goes back to my point of like you know like the reason why I get my initial support of uh, creating that brand is because people have uh, people people do have like this one image of oh Hisham is very like sort of like super into trying to grow like powerlifting and like trying to say trying to like like grow the sport in general so it doesn't make sense if someone like that mm. suddenly opens a, a a studio where my 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 first support comes from the powerlifting community. Right, right, right. It 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 sounds like a little bit ungrateful, mm-hmm. but of course, 
if let's say you are detached from any community and no one knows you and you're just like I'm just going to open a business mm. whatever business you want to open it's up mm. but because I feel like I got slightly attached to the community right. that I said okay you know what the sport have given me so much uh, to the point that I am like to whatever whoever I was in 2021 2022 uh, sorry 2020 2021 so I just like okay you know I got, I got to give back and of course there's a lot of like hiccups here and there but I mean, like, as long as I get to eat, like, three meals a day, I'm, 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 I'm good to go, right? Okay. Uh, so, in that sense, it's not necessarily too much of the community, it's not necessarily too much about the sport, but it's about both. Of, like, how the, the sport and the, the, how the sport have given me. Mm. So, now, I want to give giving it back to the community and grow that community. Right. So, that's, that's why we started a powerlifting gym. Okay. And, of course, at the same time, if you go to any other gyms, mm. the first, but the first, People to sometimes got kicked out or like yelled out will be powerlifters because they have, they have. I, I'm not saying that powerlifters are right, but I'm not saying powerlifters are wrong either. So, depends on cases cases. If let's say someone says that you are doing something wrong, you might be doing something wrong. Mm. So that's where uh, I say in SA, the first goal is it's it's a powerlifting center. It's not a PT center. Mm-hmm. So whenever we do our PT, our PT then we need to sort of still cater for the politics stuff. And new clients, when they come in, we have to also give them a disclaimer. Mm. You're going to see this, see this, see this. Are you okay with it or not? If you're not okay with it, then it uh, goes back to like the member side website. We do have like a separate corner, which is just solely for PT. We can put them there if they want. But if most of them ended up just like, no, I want to be within the community as well. So that's, that's a good part. Uh, and then the second of all is like, because I feel like powerlifting and powerlifters in Malaysia, they are, like you or not, used to be a little bit uncultured. Mm. So again, it's about bringing back the culture from like the US or Australia or the UK because we have a lot of like international students coming in. So that. And creating that culture to be cultivated inside SA. Mm. And hopefully people who come inside, they'll be like, oh wow, the culture inside SA is slightly different than every other gym that you now you start thinking that oh i guess that we've been like wrong all along like the reason why people don't let you use chalk before is because you don't clean it up right in sa we let you use chalk as much as you want just clean it up afterwards and if you don't clean it up sometimes it's not me that that tells them that clean up your bars is the members themselves be like yo you didn't clean up your bar so you see when when a member starts implementing the rule to someone else and then that's when you know that like you managed to sort of like create a culture mm. that is uh, building up. Yeah. Okay, I want to relate something I personally experienced with uh, Akmal eh? uh, regarding about the aim of investing into powerlifting gym. Eh? Um, I invested a lot of my time and my money into fitness was because at a very young age, I was a loner, I was fat, nobody likes me. Then mm-hmm. uh, a housemate of mine during my college time, he was a very fit dude, come into my room, opened his shirt, got six pack. From there, I just want to transform. Mm-hmm. From there on, my interest is always about fitness. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, it changed my life. Yeah. So for you, it's because it changed your life, yeah. like the community, you just want to give back to the community. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Now, uh, next question. As a national powerlifting, Captain, where do you see Malaysia in the next five years? Uh, in terms of like powerlifting in Malaysia in the next five years, uh, I do believe that the fact that from now, like before this, like uh, no one really see the Malaysian team as much because the Malaysian team used to be like really small, right? You, I mean, you know that. And I'm not saying about every other federations because again, like I wasn't a part of those, but let's say the part of the federation that I'm in, before this, they usually in a in a in a group they would probably be able to like send five or mm. not more than five or like six or something. Uh, so because of that, people didn't know that that's that's a national team because, well, of course two is a team, but if these two doesn't be see are not seen as a team, then like you don't want to be part of that team, right? So especially after the first ever international meet in Malaysia, kind of which was uh. Southeast Asia Cup, which was last year, and that 
we have 17 athletes in the national team and like because of this it will be starting to be like oh so that's why we needed to join nationals and that's why we needed to join qualifiers because you need the qualifier to go to nationals and you need to fight for your placement in nationals to make it into the team mm -hmm. so now you start hearing more and more people oh i need to go to qualifiers to go to nationals to go to the team and this start to generate more and more, and more. It's, it's the same like football yeah right you know how like football like soccer when they like uh how to say you have to qualify first because you have to qualify final, final. yes yeah. and, and and why do we why do people want to play soccer why do people want to play football it's yeah. because they want to make it somewhere. Yeah. There's a sense of direction. Yeah. So now, having the team added more sense of direction. So it's not just about like being going to nationals and then what's next. It's about like, okay, going to nationals and then now you can be within the team. Yeah. And then like, but of course, after that, everything just like opens up. Like mm -hmm. all opportunities opens up. You can choose any meets you want to go overseas and see if you can qualify for it or not. Right. So, man. Because of this, it creates a lot more and more and more passion and hope. So, you know, a lot of things, it starts from hope, right? Uh, so I would say five years from now, the fact that this year, Asian, we have, uh, I don't really have the, the actual number in my head, but I'm just going to assume it's about like 44 people in the national team nice. or maybe more or less somewhere there. So the numbers grew, right? The numbers grew not because people are getting replaced, but there are some people who got replaced but because more and more people start filling up their classes and getting invited, right? More people are getting qualified to go. So, and this is in the span of two years, you know, sorry, one year, like from last year, September to this year, October, uh, December, which is upcoming. Okay. So from then, and also from my statistic of Strength Academy Classic, the 2022 version, uh, 48 or 54, I, I don't really remember on the numbers. Mm. Uh, and then 218 on the second year. Wow. And then now we're going to go with 200 for the next year, which yeah. we don't know. But we're, we're seeing like more than 100% growth for like the first one or two years, right? Yeah. So in about five years, then the numbers are just going to grow. And if more meets are happening on like a monthly basis, that is just going to build up the, the, the whole spot. It's going to like, grow the sport so much before this like you know I'm, I'm pretty sure you would agree that <clears throat> the whole politics between like uh, federations happen because people be like why do you have a meet this month when you know I have, I'm gonna have a meet this month yeah right yeah so it shouldn't be that way mm. you know how like in Australia that you could you could choose whichever meet you want to do in a, in a month yeah this is just that much and they never complain of like why do you have a meet on the same weekend something like that so, I don't think mm. that having a, a lot of meets in a month or in a year is going to kill the sport. I think it's going to generate a sport because people can start, like, like, let's say you did the bench press meet mm. because you just like, oh, is that? I'm just going to sign up. Yeah. So, when people see, oh, I don't have to think of like when is the next meet because I know there's going to be a meet later. Just, I know there's going to be a meet here and here and here. People are just gonna keep on like signing up, signing up, signing up, and that's when like you get new and new and new people. Right. So right now, uh, we are seeing about two to three local meets in a year, mm -hmm. and this is within just one federation. Mm -hmm. If that number increases, then it will be a good a good thing for me. But if let's say in five years, like I told you earlier, if it's the same number, still the same number of people, still the same number of meets, still the same faces, it means that. I'm not saying that like the committee, I'm not saying that the federation did something wrong. It means that I did something wrong. It means that like, I didn't do my part of growing the sport. Mm -hmm. Like let's say you want to like decrease like 1% obesity in a year. I want to increase 10 people in a year. Right. right. Okay. So because that 10 people is going to create another 10 people and another 10 people. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, my, that's my model. Okay. It's like right now, you one person is listening to me, which is you. Mm -hmm. And then another one person is going to listen from you. And then right. another one person is going to listen to that person. So that's... Kind of like where I'm going for for the sport. Okay, understood. And do you think that okay, w one thing that um, captured my attention lah back into our thing is because uh, as you mentioned within the past a year ish, uh, we already sent athlete. Okay, um, many many years before when I was competing after numbers of competition, I decided to so called retire. 
is because I don't see the benefit of me competing anymore. Uh, it's because like, okay, you reach to a certain level, then that's it. So that's it. I stop. So we had a conversation earlier before this recording. Uh, he explained to me, probably there are things that uh, could improve or add on. Mm -hmm. Can you share with the viewer, like probably for the previous uh, competitor or veteran or, you know, whatever you call it, how would you want to convince them or re-invite them back again into the powerlifting sports? Mm. <clears throat> okay, so this part, right. Uh, number one, like let's let's talk about the number one reason why people yeah. like left off the sport at yeah. a certain level is because of funding, right? Mm -hmm. You be yeah, like like you know, every month you have to like spend on a coach, you have to spend on your nutrition, your equipments, your your competitions as well. But then at the end of the day, when you go out, you don't have that much funding to begin with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the part where I find is like. After like consulting and then talking to like some people who are within like the youth, you know, sports and youth ministry, right? KBS. Uh, so the reason why it's like before this is so hard for us to get like funding in in terms of like from the government and so that is because to us the sport is big, mm. right? To us, right? Yeah, our numbers are big. We can fight this. We can win this. Da, 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 da. But to their eyes, is we're just the same as every other sport. Like unless if we can prove that we 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 have something else, then like that's when they might notice us, right? Because everyone in, in Malaysia kinda wanna have that piece of a pie. So like let's say Malaysia has like one billion. Now you of, of course know that there's a lot of like those mainstream mainstream sport that just literally like down everything down, right? Yeah. Then like the the additional is the one that we have to fight for. Okay, what's what's the difference between us and what was the sport? I would say uh, skateboarding or something like that, right? Of course, not no offense to skateboard, but like we we both have like the the same amount of like, effort to like do stuff, but it's not about like talking about like what are they, but it's about like what can we show that we are different than them. So that's the part that we powerlifting hasn't able to like do before. And especially because before it, there's a lot of like federations and some of the federations are not recognized by the government. Mm -hmm. So because of that, even if let's say the the one that's like recognized is MAP, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say MAP is only sending five people in a team. Mm -hmm. Like dodgeball are uh, sending, what, 40 something people, right? Right. And uh, what's the difference? Like five versus 40. Like 40 seems a lot more numbers, seems a lot more like optics. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to like fund these five? And the rest, like the other other federations, this they just like they just there. But the the like without the proper channel, it's just not gonna go anywhere. So now when the team is growing, this is when like we started like having by by I mean we I mean like whoever is within the committee uh, committee members, mm -hmm. uh, they started having like more meetings with KBS, like having more like stuff to do or and it's not just like the overall KBS, but the KBS Sarawak, the KBS Johor, or like, I think Johor is a different federation, I think. Okay. Uh, something like that. So, and from my side, because, again, there's actually more ways to get funds other than the ministry itself. Mm. So, especially on like some youth stuff, which is still something in the works under SA. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, yeah, but how can I bring more and more people to join the, the meet, right? And so, okay, I know this, this might be still wrong to say here, but like, let's say, because it, it haven't happened, so we don't know yet, right? So let's say in January, we might be seeing a lot more like veteran faces and not because like, they, they not because like they want to join to go like overseas or whatever, but let's say some of them become your friend. Some of them are like, as a director, some of them are my friends. And they just like, oh, you know what? Like, Hisham can like host uh, an okay meet and a good meet, right? And I just want to like have fun and be part of it. Mm. And they just, okay. they, that's, that's when like they might want to join. And then like to some, they might be, like I said, some federation doesn't, uh, are dormant now. So usually when they are dormant, it's very hard to like get back on their feet because 
like you are two years behind now because we, we, we left COVID two years ago, right? So people who used to be in a different federation starts to jump in to the, the only federations running because that's the only thing, right? right? Even though they know that, that like this federation doesn't necessarily like promises like cash prize, doesn't promise like a lot of stuff, but there's a, there, are, there are competitions. You get to compete with like other people and now these other people are being called uh, Malaysian athletes and like best of the best and stuff like that. So like, if let's say like this, uh, coach, you used to be U66, right? Let's say 74. 74, okay, let's say you're 74. But like, let's say, let's say during your time and in your federation, maybe you were on top of it, mm. right? True. But then right now in our federation, we have someone else, yeah, of course. right? Yeah. Now, like, People might cancel you. People might say that you're not valid anymore, whatever you say, because there's like someone else. So it could be as a clickbait or as a trigger point for someone to like, like, you know, you'll be like, damn, like, actually I can beat this guy. Okay. But like, like I cannot, like uh, in, in a sport, you cannot be like, I can beat this guy and then do like a gym lift and just assume like that, right? So you have to like it or not, be on the same platform as a person and beat him there right yeah so that's when people will like start coming in okay right so and this idea actually works uh magnificently in ssc 22 where i started like having a little bit of a an ego personality mm. which it was on purpose mm. to start triggering more and more people mm. because if let's say if let's say, because at that meet, uh, I came out on top in terms of like uh, my class and also the overall, which I say, I thought there are like people who has been doing this sport for far longer than I do. Right. But, and then like, there were some people at that time that couldn't accept me because I came back from the US out of nothing and then just suddenly like opened up a gym, right? So you know how like some of the community are like very clicky. Mm. So in a way that ego personality was being created to trigger more people to be like, who, who is this kid like suddenly like like talking gibberish and trying to like trigger other people so they started joining the, the comms mm. afterwards to prove me wrong mm. which is completely fine because that's that's my goal the goal is to have more people joining the sport and proving me wrong because it's it grows the sport right right so it's the same case as this let's say let's say uh someone had been like and it could be anyone of any age could start posting and of course you can see some people who, who they purposely do it but also people who actually think that they are strong because they won but they won because there's no one in the there's no one in the <laughs> class or yeah. let's say for for the the new like the the meet last weekend yeah. there's already like words about some people who think they are it because they came out on top but they didn't know that most of the like most of us could have joined because we are prepping for Asian, yeah. right? So that's when like that eagerness of like, okay, I got to join the next one mm -hmm. so that this kid can see that he was there because I wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. So back to the OG or like back to the whoever used to be in the community or something like that, I do. So far, I have two kinds of people. Number one, those who want to prove that the other lifters mm. are not that good which is, yeah, okay and not okay. And then there are people who are like, oh, you know what? We kind of miss having that feeling of like being in a calm, being in a comedy and stuff like that. So we kind of want to give it a try. We get okay. it. So just that's yeah, that. good to know that. But um, I want to add on. Uh, reason why I ask this question is because used to be competitive, no longer competitive. And I always ask myself, what would pull me back in into competing? regardless bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman. Um, based on our discussion, it sounds like how you describe to me is about the price money. Mm. To be honest, it's not the price money. It's how you're being appreciated. Yeah. What, do, what value do you give to the community and the country? Because back in Aussie, when I won the competition, I was like an Australian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They take care of you. They bring you here. I was like, this is not normal. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, I can feel the difference now. 
in Malaysia. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Malaysian is bad. I'm saying that why do they have that extra edge mm. whereby they appreciate you at a different level mm. as a winner, lah, again. Mm. I hear you're a winner. You winner. You tell people I won. I'm the strongest. That's it. Mm. Yeah, you don't feel appreciated. I give you another good example. Aziz Awang. I told Aziz Awang. Mm. I met him. I didn't know he was Aziz Awang. Huh. I didn't know my huh. my housemate was his friend. This Aziz Awang. Siapa dia? I tak tahu. And back then, he baru menang the small small competition in Malaysia, but he stays in Aussie. Mm. Okay. Even there's one incident whereby he asked for a bicycle. There was one case now, 2016-15. He asked for a bicycle from the state government or the, from the government. Tak dapat. You mean like Singapore or Malaysia? Malaysia. To sponsor him a bicycle. Yeah. So after that, I can't remember who sponsored him. He menang. He got gold medal. Boom. From there. So must we prove to that level first? Then we get appreciated. Meaning, must we go to the world class and win that world class? Then only Malaysia will appreciate us. Uh, this this is quite a tough topic to say because I'd say the appreciation part, right? Mm-hmm. Again, like I can only say this in terms of uh, the owner of like SA. Then that's it. Uh, is this part <clears throat> the appreciation part? Is how to say. What I can see is, let's say, let's say you are part of the uh, national team or kind of right. The appreciation part, I would say, goes from like the recognition that you get, kind of. Mm-hmm. So from this, it actually goes back to let's say some of the national team members are sponsored, mm-hmm. but the team is not sponsored. Yeah. So it goes back to your credibility again, okay. right? And this is again that. Uh, my view was changed by one of the our like previous ministers. Ah, uh, when I told him about it, I was like, "Should I like if let's say I'm trying to find sponsors for my my meet right my competition? Where and who should I go for?" Mm. And then this is when I when he said, "You shouldn't go for like the big ones. Mm. You should go for like the closest to you and the small small ones, mm. which is what we we started doing. Which is like let's say instead of like going for like Big brands like UA, Nike, da 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 da, which which I I didn't do. Ah, uh, yeah. you go for like companies that you know are there. Like let's say you know some. Let's say your seniors are like some now have like a law firm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't relate to the sport, mm-hmm. but you know they support you. They support you. Yeah. They support you as a person. Right. right. They support you not as a brand but as a person. So it's like this. Let's say you are part of the national athlete, right? You, uh, let's say out of your your clients, right? Mm. Then you like oh, like let's say you know someone is a uh, physio physiotherapy. Mm. You're like oh, can you like sponsor me mm. because I am this. Is, so now it adds up to your credibility. Right. Then it's sort of just like that lah. So in a way that the appreciation is coming from that. Of course, like if I can, I want to give more if mm. I can because. But at the end of the day, like that appreciation, uh, to having the sign up for competition and stuff like that, right. it's just hard, because to sponsor someone to go overseas, right? Like, uh, in a way, it goes it goes down to that. Like, let's say you versus uh, someone younger than you, right? Mm. Same class, your class at your age mm. might get might be harder to get a medal, right? But this kid. Who might be competing in a class that they might not have anyone, yeah. and you know for a fact, like it or not, that his numbers mm. are not super good, but he could still win because there's no one there. Right. Right. Now, if let's say we promise, mm. like, oh, for each medal won, we give one thousand, or they give one thousand, as in the fresher give one thousand, that it still doesn't make sense. Where this kid might get it, but you don't get it. Mm. So this is the part where a lot of like. This this whole thought process. Okay, how how can like we make people feel appreciated more? Mm. It's very hard. So for me, as a gym owner, the only thing I can do is that like, like maybe lower down your your membership rates and stuff like that, just to make you feel like oh okay, there is a perk of like being in the team kind of. So that's that's it. That's the only way. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like, if again like it's a it's a powerlifting gym, mm. right? If let's say I'm speaking in terms of the federation then maybe the answer might be slightly different because i will have a lot more power to that but as a gym owner it's quite hard and it's just to the point that appreciation is not necessarily like something that some of us are looking for anymore 
It's more of like just like having the thought of like wait when you say not looking anymore, meaning meaning that like uh oh what can I get if I'm a national team member? That's okay, it. Okay, okay. But it's more of like towards oh you know what like for me I'm speaking for myself. I uh now I'm a national team member. I can choose any meets I want to go. Mm. And these meets, I'm gonna see a lot more stronger people out there. Right. So I want to be in the same platform as these stronger, stronger people. Right. In terms of, and then if going back to appreciation, like it or not, nowadays if you are within the national team, new people, old people, they will see you as that mm. forever until until you get replaced or something like that. So you get uh, a higher tier of like respect in a way. So which is actually sort of like scare people away from SA sometimes because we do have people who were like oh is this gym only for like national team members and we were like no 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 it's just majority of us are but like you are welcome to like come and train and so to then extent some there are one or two kids I believe that they are like oh I kind of feel like honored that I can like train here because like you get to train amongst like people who are well known in your field so I think like just now you say in Australia, you feel like you are an Australian. Yeah. So like I guess like in SA or like in powerlifting, you're gonna feel like, oh, okay, like people start seeing you as like something else now. Mm. Not just a lifter, but a lifter that they want to become. Okay. Don't like that. Next question. Who should take up this spot? Who should take up this spot? This is this is another. I know this is the the shortest question you said, yeah. but also like probably like one of the hardest questions. I would say, who should take out this point? I'm not saying everyone. I'm saying everyone should try it out. Mm. But is it for everyone? Not necessarily because, uh, barrier to entry is very low, and you know that all you need to do is just, uh, if you want to compete, sign up for our membership, mm. sign up for our comp, you're good to go. Right. Uh, there's no like what the minimum level you need to be. Unless if you want to go national and stuff like that. So because of this uh, low barrier of entry, people might not see like, uh, you might think that it's a bit offensive mm. when people are just like playing around with their training and then you were like, no, like, you know, training is something that I, I hold on to and it's like my virtues and stuff like that. Uh, and then you just have like this, this bunch of people who just like play around and stuff like that, right? So, uh, is it for everyone? Not necessarily. I would still say that you should give it a try. But when you, if you want to stay in it, you should start thinking that like it's no longer a thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a sport to you, but to some people it's their life and their lifestyle. So you need to make sure that like you don't offend anyone in a way. So and in a way, I say everyone should be able to do not take up the spot but everyone should be able to do this spot because you know there is those those saying of like oh I'm doing bodybuilding mm. or I'm, I'm doing crossfit right aren't you not gonna be squatting or benching or deadlifting on those spots right you you are right so uh, that's why even if you're a crossfitter you're a bodybuilder or whatever just just, just give it a try mm. right uh, and then the, you, you're gonna see people saying that Oh, no, I'm more of a hypertrophy guy. I'm not on a strength guy. I don't do like one rep or something like that. Then by right, if you have X amount of muscle mass, you should be able to move X amount of weight, right? So those kind of stuff shouldn't be a hinder of like who should take up the spot. Right. Uh, let's talk about kids. Should kids take up the spot? Actually, in SA, we are preparing to launch our first ever uh, youth development program which should be kids from, I believe, 9 to 16. Uh, and then another one is uh, 6 to 8. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, again, they might not be competing because they are not legal yet. Mm -hmm. that, but giving them a sense of like, how does it feel like to have a little bit of like strength sport and stuff like that. Uh, and the the part that is like stopping this is because, again, it goes back to our like culture where we think if you live in a young age, mm. your kids are gonna be short. Your kids are gonna uh, are not gonna be like the greatest people on earth or something. That's it. Yeah, it's so, not true. Yeah, which is which is which is not true at all. Uh, so that's why. And in terms of like, let's talk about like, should elderly take up the sport? 
Yes. I mean, like, my oldest client that had competed was 63 years old. Wow. And, like, it's a, it's a grandma, like, you know. Uh, and I, I think, like, the one that's, like, breaking social media right now is that one auntie that uh, that's, like, on the wheelchair with, like, the gas tank and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, when she's ready to lift, the, like, they, they will bring the, the, the wheelchair to the platform. Uh-huh. And then she just have to stand up, pick up the weights, put it back down, sit back on wow. the wheelchair. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying we should take up everyone that's like sort of interested. Uh, should you take up the sport after a certain amount of time training? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Because to some people, uh, joining a comp accelerates the process. Okay. So, you know, when, you're, when, when you don't join a comp and you are stressing out about like, Am I ready for a comp? Am I ready for a comp? When are you gonna be ready? True. Like, like, let me, like, let me ask you again. Let me ask you back. How did you know that you should join your first comp? I was just competitive. Is it? I was just competitive. But I wasn't concerned about winning or losing. Mm-hmm. I was just competitive. Let me go in. Let me see where do I stand. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, which is which is completely fine. Yeah. But but so some people were like, oh, I am not ready because my numbers are not yeah. out there. Well, let me let me tell you what your numbers are not up there because you're not stressed out about it right. enough. Right. Only when you join and you you feel the sense of like if you win you win yeah. If you if you lose then you feel that sense of lose. You feel that sense of like defeat. Yeah. That's when you're gonna like oh okay you know what I gotta take this more seriously and then go up there. So uh, yeah, I would say the answer my my general answer to like who should take up the sport I would say anyone who's interested in like lifting in general okay. I'm gonna give two answers for that eh? one is the most general answer which everybody likes to hear if you wanna prove that you're strong everybody wanna prove that you're strong yeah, right? yeah. you see in social media some dude would say I can curl 20 kilo <laughs> try just, just try just go into powerlifting you will see whether you like it or not if you like it you might be a competitive athlete if you don't like it you'll find something else mm-hmm. Another one, if a person that is very, uh, very specific into strength, they could be a rugby player, they could be even soccer player, they do implement a bit of strength training. So regardless, if you are a person that have no clue about training, just try while lifting. Who knows, you might like it being feeling strong. Even though you don't lift heavy weight, but you feel strong. Yeah. That's good. Or if you're a very uh, specific sport person, do uh, implement strength training because it do give a lot of benefit in terms of your joint and also your strength. So try that. That's my answer. Two answer. Yeah. Now, uh, before we end, where can the listener and viewer find you? Mm. Okay, so uh, what I guess the answer is, is simple. So most of the time, I'll be like at SA in mm-hmm. Strike Academy, which is actually in uh, section 14. So it's it's exactly in front of Digital Mall. I see. Yeah. So I think like whenever you mention that it's in front of Digital Mall, people would think about like the McDonald's in front of that. Right, right, right. So it's the same row. It's just McD, Pizza Hut, and then us at the top. That's it. Oh. Yeah. So you know Jaya Mall, you yeah, used to yeah, compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite, man. I see. Yeah. Okay. So we do. Uh, I do have Instagram, so which is like ahisham underscore akma, or Strength Academy. Uh, Instagram also is there. Uh, YouTube channel also. I kind of forgot my YouTube channel name, but it's probably like my name. Okay. Uh, and not so active on TikTok. It's just there for you know. It's just there. Uh, and that's basically just it. And if you need to like see like our Google reviews and stuff like that, you can mm. find Strike Academy on Google reviews or like Google, it's like pictures and stuff like that. So I do believe like nowadays, if you type in like Strike Academy in the YouTube search bar, you're going to get like quite a lot of contents because yes. we do have like uh, quite a number of people who like keep on like posting contents from it and stuff. That's good. Yeah. So you know, that's where people can find me anyway. Or I think like some cases, some weird cases, uh, people found me when I'm doing my like when I join like runs okay. or like races and like I think it happens like twice now where at the end of the run someone just like coach can we can we take a picture and then you look at them and you're like do 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 I know you and they're like oh yeah like you 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 this is you right like you train this person you train this person like this is your gym and then you're like okay like I'm in a Whole different community, but then I see someone like that. So nice. Yeah. Sometimes I run. Okay. How strong men do run? Sorry. 
powerlifter Duran also. Yeah. All right, guys. So give him a follow, and if you guys uncertain what kind of sport you want to do, give it a try. Uh, go to his gym and experience the community and also powerlifting. So that being said, I'll catch you guys again in the next episode. Take care. Peace out.